So um, I was watching Sister Wives. Mm -hmm. And I was watching part of the series where COVID kind of like hits. Which brings us back to like what? December 2019 to March 2020. Those few months of like you hear about it and you're not really sure what to think about it all of a sudden it's like in the state that you live in and you're kind of like not sure back when like tom hanks had it in australia yep and people were like oh my god tom hanks has it but then even people were like but he's in australia right now so like we're fine so it doesn't even matter yeah exactly and for a little bit of context for those of you who don't watch sister wives and including Meg, Um, they used to live in all one house, the husband and his his three wives, and then he added a fourth, and then they moved to Vegas, and they were living in a cul-de-sac of homes. A cul-de-sac? Cult. Ha ha! Cul-de-sac! Oh, shit, that was good. I can't believe it took me so long for that to, like... Opie! Opie thinks it's hilarious. He's on one today. (laughs) Apparently it's also because he has been watching Sister Wives repeatedly. Anyway, so now they're living in Vegas on a cul-de-sac in separate homes but close to each other. And then they move to some other place, buy this property with plans of building. And they're going back and forth between should we live in one house or multiple. And while they're doing all of this fighting, COVID hits. And because their family is so big, all of their doctors are like, yeah, you should probably not be hanging out with each other. And so that's just like the premise of like three and a half seasons, basically, because COVID has been going on for that long. And they had an episode where they meet together to discuss like what rules need to be in place so they can all see each other and hang out again. And it was absolutely absurd that in September 2020, they still were sitting like six feet apart from each other. And they were suggesting that you should still be like wiping off your mail and like taking your shoes off outside at the door and like stripping your clothes immediately and throwing them in the washing machine. And it was kind of like funny and a little ridiculous to watch. However, when you realize like what time it's actually being filmed in versus like when you see it live on tv and you kind of like go back to what it was like those first six to eight months where by that point people were thinking oh like we're almost over like it's fine like we've we've made it over the hump we survived the summer there's been a few a few waves of that like even again i feel like this summer like june 2021 I remember, like, I had my vaccine, I went to, like, Target or something, and I, like, had my mask with me, and, like, when I got close to people, I, like, put it on, and I was like, this is a new level of freedom. Like, we have (laughs) really achieved something, and then it was like, boom, July 2021, and it was like, numbers are spiking. I was like, all right, okay, never mind. We have far surpassed the numbers and deaths and whatever is what we were you know that original shutdown Mm -hmm. and the other day i asked isaac i'm like how long was the spanish flu it was like two years and i'm like okay so what do we do now (laughs) 
I had a doctor appointment a couple days ago and I came in wearing my mask. No one else was wearing theirs. And my uh, NP was like, would you like me to wear a mask? And I was just like, <laughs> I, I'm wearing mine. <laughs> like... I, I I mean, can you, but the fact that I'm wearing a mask should tell you that I would expect that you would be wearing a mask. In a doctor's office. Yeah. I don't care what kind of doctor's office it is. You are a medical professional. You have at least the very basics of biology. I know that because I had to do it for massage therapy and for midwifery. I had to do it twice. Mm-hmm. I know you've taken the very basic of basic biology courses, so... What? Why are you asking me if I want you to wear a mask? Shouldn't you already know the answer to that? Uh, yeah, you would think, and yet we have already talked about some people we know that are also medical professionals. <laughs> Just she also is so fat phobic. She always is like, "What are you doing for exercise?" And so when I say, "Well, and you're I like, do what are you doing to stop is, the spread of a deadly like virus?" Like, uh- <laughs> more than a podcast they're more than best friends it's more than an hour of laughing and crying and then going back to laughing again it's more than a podcast they're more than ex-mormon it's the more than mormon podcast anyway so uh, welcome to Medical Professionals in Utah 101, and uh, welcome to More Than Mormon Podcast. Welcome. I'm Lena. And I'm <laughs> and I'm Meg. <laughs> and uh, now that we're like 40 minutes into it, <laughs> that please join us. further into the introduction than I wanted it to. Whatever. But um, welcome People to clicked it. on if it. You are still they know what they're out. listening yeah, to. Yeah, you know what? Okay. Two things before we get into it. Maybe I'm dumb, but I didn't I didn't notice that Spotify actually has like a um rating option. Maybe I just am so ADHD hyper focused on the only things that give me dopamine that I go there so often that I don't even see like any of the descriptions or whatever. I'm just like, I like this and I click play. But it's there. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go give us a review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, add us on Instagram, TikTok, do your thing. And then after you do all of that, take your donation to Queer Meals that you've screenshotted previously and send it to our DMs and enter into the giveaway to win a free More Than Mormon sticker pack. Mm-hmm. Bada bing, bada boom, bing bong. <laughs> bing, bing bong. bong that sound has been in my head for like days you know that tiktok that sound basically describes what is happening in my head mm-hmm. bing bong all of the time you know what accepting the fact that i am i can literally say pushing 30 because i am 29 yeah i would say that's the age when you can and, say it um I have just accepted it and I am not afraid of getting older, but I'm telling you, I get on TikTok and I'm like, Jesus, fuck. I am 
old. Yeah. Like, I am the oldest of old when it comes to TikTok. Yeah, in terms of, like, technology and, like, trendy (laughs) things on the internet, I mean, I am baffled by most of it. Yeah, so um, if you're going to go follow us on TikTok, don't be like, there is nothing impressive there, I promise. But it can be entertaining. Yeah. Um. Same with our Instagram. Honestly, the same yeah. with like our podcast in general. We're not. We're not yeah, here to impress we... the youth. No. We're not really here to impress anyone. <laughs> no, I mean clearly, I am literally in one of my favorite pairs of pajamas because I knew if I had to be downstairs, it was way colder. So I'm like, I need to put on socks. I need to put on fleece pajama pants. I need to put on my snuggle sleep shirt and i need to just be cozy can i just tell you we are talking about a doozy before we get into the doozy okay the shirt that you're wearing which if you're listening is just like a pajama shirt it's like brown maroon and it says it's like a maroon snuggle on it when i logged on and saw you wearing that shirt for like the first two minutes i was like that shirt looks really familiar why does that shirt look so familiar? And then I remembered that one of my like most horrendous roommates at BYU Idaho had that shirt, <laughs> that pajama set, and she would wear it. It's like the material of it is pretty clearly like a pajama material. But she would wear it as like oh, just no. a shirt out and about. And it like really for some reason grinded my gears. But I think it was just like I was projecting my anger <laughs> about her as a person onto the shirt that she was wearing. I made a face only because it is very obviously pajamas. Yeah, it's like, like thin and like very soft and stretchy. It's like a baby blanket material. Yeah, and I I mean, to each their own, you know, wear whatever you want to wear. This was also, oh my god, this semester. But in the Mormon like spectrum, like you don't get away with that and not be judged harshly by just not about everyone. BYU Idaho. That's, or BYU. That's why I made the face. Any like, BYU, whoa, but... like, she could have gotten into so much trouble just wandering around. Because if you don't look nice enough, they're like... Yeah, well, you can't wear, like, pajama pants, for sure. Or, like, sweatpants. No. And even yeah, if you're, you're going to, to the gym, it's like, you can wear them to the gym, but then if you want to go to class after, you have to, like, change. You absolutely have to change out of them. Yeah. yeah. And if you're... Yikes. If you're not wearing, like, the approved, like, BYU-Idaho basketball shorts, then you have to wear, like, workout pants that go, like, to your ankle. And if you're a, yep. a woman, they're not supposed to be too tight on your booty. Yep. So, there's, like, s- so specific. And speaking of BYU-Idaho, this, room- this semester that I had this roommate, was a fucking ride of a semester. Wow. Your shirt just really, like, brought me back to, like, must have been winter semester 2019 at BYU-Idaho. A tough you know time. What? I may have gotten these that year, so. You, yeah, they're probably from, like, they Walmart were just or Target thing, you know? or, yeah, I'm sure she got them and she was like, this is a cute enough shirt. I could wear it out and about. And I certainly wasn't going to start any beef with her. Yeah, so, you just kind of have to let that go. It's just like, nice shirt. And I also, this is just now me ranting about BYU-Idaho and roommates, but I had been her, the specific roommate that had the shirt. And I, like my very first week of being roommates with her, 
I went on a date with this guy that like someone had set me up on this date. And so he comes over and it's like a blind date and he and I have like never met before. And he comes over to like pick me up for this date. And so he meets like whatever roommates were in the living room. And they're just kind of like, you know, asking him about himself. And I'm like getting my jacket, getting my shoes, getting ready to go on this date. And she's like, we love Maggie and if you do anything to hurt her like we will find you and she like sort of takes on that role and then and he like laughs it off and like he was a really good sport about it but like we are walking to his car or wherever we were going on our date and he's like so how long have you been roommates with them and I was like four days and he was like (laughs) yikes and I was like yeah and I have a whole semester to go so like hold on to your fucking hats like Oh, my God. <laughs> he just had, like, so much sympathy for me in that moment. He was like, oh. He was like, oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> I was like. That's really fucking mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. We love Meggie. Yeah. And the whole, like, if you do anything to hurt her, like, we'll come and find you. I'm like, I don't even know this boy. I don't. And, and wh- you don't why? even know why me. Why would you say that? You're <laughs> like, not even a friend of mine that has a personality that, like, allows like why why would why mm-hmm. some people are okay, just like that <laughs> I feel like I've brought this up before but um yeah it'd be like that though people do be in I a feel silly like goofy when mood. you were Mormon you only like grow up and mature to a certain point and then after that it's all over there is no evolving there is no transforming there is no growth uh they just circle the wagon and they just do the same thing over and over. And I feel like whatever like mental age you were when you get married as a Mormon, if you don't like stay or have the critical thinking skills or whatever it be that like helps you get out, like I feel like you just stay there and there is no growth. Um, even for like myself and that's like when I was still there especially at BYU-Idaho like in that environment I was like focused very much on what I was studying but then like outside of that like the only sort of like hobbies that I had was like hanging out with my Mormon roommates doing my Mormon calling and like trying to date Mormon men and like that was all that like my friends were doing that was all like my roommates were doing like everyone was just like so focused on that but like when I left BYU-Idaho and I had emotionally left the church before I left school but even so like being out of that environment I was like oh I can like literally do anything like if I want to like meditate and get into meditation then like I can do that like if I want to get into like painting if I want to read a million books if I want to be into cooking if I want to do whatever like I can do that and I felt at school at like a Mormon school I was like so limited on like well I can't spend my time doing these things or learning these new skills or investing in these new like hobbies because like my role in life is to like be a student and to like do my calling and to like try to get married and that's like all I was thinking about at 25 when I left the church and now I'm 27 I'm almost 28 (laughs) and I feel like I've never ask a lady what her age is folks I'm 27 
But I feel like I have developed so much more as a person in the last two-ish years since I left the church just because I have the freedom to read whatever I want and learn about whatever I want and do whatever I want that I'm able to like really have a sense of who I am as a person and also like how I function best in the world because Mm -hmm. pray read your scriptures go to church those were all those are all great things if that's like what you're into and that is what helps you to like be who you want to be and feel fulfilled but there's like a million other things that you could do as an individual to like help you feel fulfilled and that will help you like be not just like be a good person but like be the best like version of yourself and like be who you want to be and like live up to the expectations that you have set for yourself so like sometimes I want to meditate and sometimes I want to get drunk and cry and like it's all welcome and it all is beneficial to me because it is me doing what I want to do and it is freeing and it is spiritual in its own way and that's not possible when you're Mormon I actually really love that because this is something I have been thinking a lot about. Um, my chinchillas are being so distracting. Is that what that is? Um, I thought that was like yes. Isaac like stirring something in a pot, which is fine. Actually, uh, side note about that, we do have a pot that we took the handle off of to give them their dust bath because they've chewed the plastic. Oh, the chinchies. We need to get them a new one. Anyway, um, I was the exact same way when I was at BYU-Idaho. I was a little bit younger when I came home from my mission. So let's see. I was 23 or 24. I think it was 23. And, um, or maybe just turning 24, somewhere around there. And I was like, okay, like, I'm going to BYU-Idaho because I'm going to be surrounded by my Mormon peers. There shouldn't be a question on what my standards are. So it should be easier to date. It should be easier to, like, find somebody. And and you're going as to got, the way that they sell BYU Idaho, and maybe we should do an episode where I talk about working get connected at BYU Idaho because I learned a lot. Honestly, maybe this turns into the just BYU, a BYU Idaho, Idaho episode, but because the way they because sell it is like it's a special sa- place, it's like a sacred and holy oh, yes. campus. The, this is the Lord's school, mm-hmm. like. They make such a big deal out of, like, how, like, the grounds were, like, so inspired and they just, like, knew that it was going to be this place. And so you go and you have all these expectations and, um, you know, I literally did what everyone makes fun of and I was trying to get my MRS degree. You really were. Bachelor's in Marriage and Family (laughs) Studies. You really were. But I, but I had, it's, interestingly enough, I had a desire to do, like, sex therapy and, like, I was even at that time, very sex positive, And it literally took one semester to be like, this is not. It's not equipping me with the right. tools I need to do what I want to do. Anyway, so I, you know, I get married and immediate thought process is, well, okay, after a certain amount of time, whether that's two days or two years, we are going to try and have a baby. I've mentioned it before. I have been diagnosed with infertility. If I say I'm infertile, that doesn't mean I can't ever have a baby. I don't know. But for years, 
I don't know if I heard it in a marriage and family studies class or maybe in general conference or maybe this is just how everything was perceived and like it made sense in my brain but I was like if Isaac and I don't have any kids there's no growth for us we'll be completely stagnant and I just remember being so haunted by the thought that our marriage has like seen all the life that is left to be lived and that us personally like on individual levels have also seen all the life there is left to live just because we can't have kids and don't have kids flash forward to now where if i were to get a positive pregnancy test i would probably shit my pants in fear because i am (laughs) i am working i am going to school previously for the last nine months i've been doing about 90 hours of school work a week can you imagine having a baby on top of that (laughs) no i can't because i I have been nannying and having two kids for like a few hours a day. I'm like, and here's I know the how thing. people do this. The reason I'm in midwifery school is because this is something I have wanted to do well before I did the marriage and family studies thing. And because we don't have children, because I learned that the time is going to pass regardless, and I have the ability to do something with that time, and this is something I've always wanted to do, and not that I ever see a child as like a roadblock, because that's not what it is, but I didn't have anything keeping me from doing all the things I wanted to do, including the mindset that I couldn't grow and that our marriage couldn't grow, because that was totally false. I had no idea at the time I applied for midwifery school all of the changes that would happen over the next year and a half, including how much more comfortable I got with my physical body, how much knowledge I've gained through school, all of the opportunities I've had to attend births and meet really unique, like diverse groups of people. Isaac and I have honestly always had like a really good relationship. We don't really fight. If anything, I yell at him and and want him to fight back at me. And he just doesn't because he knows better and he's literally perfect. Um, (laughs) But like, I feel like. I think I asked Isaac once, I was like, do you guys ever fight? And he was like, sometimes she gets mad at me. And I was like, do you ever get mad at her? And he was like, not really. (laughs) He's like, I just kind of accept that she's mad and then I'll circle back later and she'll be okay. And I'm like, wow, you're just like the best. He honestly is Find yourselves an Isaac. Find yourself an Isaac. But on top of finding yourself in Isaac, go find yourself because just like you were saying, like you can paint, you can meditate, you can get drunk and cry, you can go out with your friends, you can see a rated R movie, you can go back to school and get the degree you really wanted to get, you can start the business you've always wanted to start. Like there's so many things and just the idea that, uh, you know, the church perpetuates onto women in particular and of course i'm talking on the binary here but you know people are always like well why would you go to a church school if you didn't like it and you don't like the honor code and you don't like the rules and it was so horrible and it's like let's not forget that whether you grew up in the church or you joined the church before you go to college or you're around that age they sell you this like golden ticket of like byu provo or byu idaho or if you're super lucky byu hawaii are like 
the pivotal, you know, like in your youth, like they're going to get the best education. So they claim it's a bunch of bullshit. It's actually terrible. And they teach a lot of full stuff. Um, but they tell you, you're going to get the best education. You're going to have the best roommates. You're going to have the best time. It's incredibly cheap, especially if you're a member of the church. Um, and you know, they really sell the idea that you're going to be protected spiritually, that you're going to be blessed academically and that likely you'll find your spouse. And there is like a stigma and kind of like a dark humorous, uh, joke I guess if you will because it kind of makes me sad for some people but people graduate from BYU insert location here without getting married and they literally think something is wrong with them and that is perpetuated on them as a single you know older adult and there is that like joke of like well if you graduate without getting married then they like pay you, you back get, your tuition. Yeah, you should like, get a refund. Because the whole point tuition. of going to a church school is to marry someone in the church. And yeah, Isaac and loves to tell people, sorry, I need to get this out before I forget, because it is connected. He loves to tell people the story about how he had a bishop get up and give a sacrament talk about how if you're at BYU Idaho to get a good education, um, then that's not why you're there. Like you're there to find a spouse, get married, have kids grow them in the church, send them on to missions, repeat the process by having them come to your alma mater, mm-hmm. find a spouse, have kids, rinse, lather, repeat. Uh-huh. You got to lather before you rinse, but yeah. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a couple of things. <laughs> kind First of like of all, you should be test driving the car before you buy it, but, you know, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't. Um. In terms of the education, very recently at BYU-Idaho, like when I was attending, the elementary education program at BYU-Idaho was discredited and all of the elementary education majors had to switch and be like <gasps> English majors with like an elementary education How like, the fuck focus. have you never talked about this? I had no idea. Because I was an English major and it like suddenly was so insanely difficult to register for English classes because there was just like this huge group of all these other students who they're like, oh, the way for us to fix this is like we'll make them, you know, we'll have them take these English classes like blah, blah, blah. But they didn't really increase the number of English classes or like the amount of students that could be in them. So it was like this mad scramble to like get registered for these classes and then during that semester, I would be in these classes and I'd be talking to people and they'd be like, oh, well, I'm only taking this because I'm an LAD major. And, you know, because with it being like discredited, like now we have to take this class. And I was like, the what, huh? the what, what you just and then, you know, however, a couple many semesters go by and they're just like, oh, yeah, now you can be an elementary education major again. But it's like if that can happen with just like suddenly and it's. From what I understand, I'm not an expert on this, but I'm sure you could research and look into it. Uh, like, it's not like you just get, like, a letter one day. Like, it's not like the university just gets a letter that's like, your program is discredited. Like, they knew for a while, oh, yeah, like, up and coming. yeah, you have to go through a process to get accredited in the first place. And I'm yes. sure that if there's not, like, a quarterly, yearly you know, every three years, like there's got to be something that has to be upheld in order for you to maintain that accreditation. You have to be meeting certain requirements. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. so bad. Not to mention when you attend a church school and then transfer to a non-church school, <laughs> that if you're like me, <laughs> you had all these religion credits, any university that you like are like, hey, I would like to transfer here. They're like, yeah, we don't know what to do with these like 17 credits worth of like religious electives. So they're just yep. going to be like random electives. And then you still have to also take actual electives at our university. Yep. Um, so just kind of like fucks you over, which mm-hmm. is why I stayed at BYU. I don't know time and money. Because if you're going to stay, like if you're going to go there, you may as well graduate there. Otherwise, half of the work you do is just poof, gone. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I, we could have a whole episode on like the insane religious teachers that they have that teach the religion courses at BYU-Idaho because I had some great ones and I had some wacky, wacky I had some fellows ones and I was only there for <laughs> two semesters. One of them, I barely went. I took, uh, God, I would have to look it up, but I want to say it was one of those classes that's like, it's like restoration specific. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but you know, you take like Book of Mormon one, Book of Mormon two, Old Testament, New Testament, and this class was like the restoration, whatever, one of those. I could look up the name of it. Maybe I will, and I'll like put it on screen. But um, the teacher for this class was like one of those people who just like goes on rants for like forty five minutes of the class, and then at the end is like. So anyway, the Old Testament, and then they, like, give you a bunch of homework, and you're like, I don't know how to do this homework, because you just told me about, like, your sister-in-law's dog for the first 45 minutes. Yep. So he was one of those people, and the, like, final exam he had for this course was insane. Like, the questions on this exam were all about, like, very specific Old Testament like stories, references, things like to that. To have an exam of that nature in an elective slash forced made up religious course is mm-hmm. asinine to me. Yes, because you you have to take it for one, and there's only so many options. You have to take like maybe like nine religious courses and they only offer like maybe like 12 or 13. So like you have to, you know, pick, you can pick right. and choose to an extent, but like you care also. Choose your own and adventure. To, to have like, at the same time I was, you know, studying to take like a final for some kind of English class where my professor was like, you should plan to be in the testing center for four hours. That's how I'm going to take you to take this final. And then at the same time to be like, I have to memorize every scripture that's ever been written in the Old Testament. Like, it was just insane. And then at the same time, I had religion courses like Book of Mormon 1, you know, New Testament, whatever, mission prep, those kind of classes, marriage prep, where it's like you show up, you bear your testimony, maybe you write one paper, A+. Yep. And so it's like you really it's just so subjective to the teacher. And I guess it could be like that with other courses and other subjects. But the fact that it is like religion, which is supposed to be based on this like one true doctrine, it's so ridiculous that depending on which teacher you get, you're going to get a totally different experience with totally. this gospel and with this doctrine. Because totally. was it essential for me to like know all of those random things about the Old Testament? And this wasn't I specifically remember this wasn't the Old Testament class. It was something else. But 
you drew from the Old Testament a lot. Like, was it necessary for me to know all of those things to graduate? No. Was it necessary for me to know them to like progress as a member of the church? No, because other people were taking the same class with a different teacher, same curriculum, supposedly, and having a totally different experience. So like, where is the line between education and revelation? Yep. And then I had a teacher that ranted about Jennifer Lopez performing at the Super Bowl, and I walked out of that class early. I was like, put on my coat and zipped it up and grabbed my backpack Good and like, put my headphones you, in and like walked out the door. I was like, this is a waste a of my fucking time. Like, I'm not here to hear your opinion about Jennifer Lopez at the Super Bowl that happened like months ago. Like, yep. your job is to teach me about whatever the course was, like marriage prep. And not to, like, lecture me about how much you don't like Jennifer Lopez because you're uncomfortable with your own sexuality. Yep. Like, yep. I will head out the door. I will see yep. you next week. When I was applying for midwifery school, it was required that I give transcripts of any post-high school thing. That's right? pretty typical, but it's a little embarrassing. It is. <laughs> when I – absolutely it is. Because when I went to massage therapy school – um. I could have, but I was like, you know what? I don't need it. I'm just going to say here, I never went anywhere. Here's my GED. Like it just wasn't a requirement. (laughs) So for me, it was very crucial that I had everything in place because not only is this medical school, they only take like 30 to 50 students. And I was like, I don't want them to know that I went to BYU Idaho. (laughs) gonna fuck me over and it's just like it felt like a really big deal but I was going to be honest because what do they ask you in your temple recommend questions are you honest I don't fucking remember I was lied fellow men <laughs> oh same so I I mean I didn't always lie but I honestly don't remember because I was just like yes 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 no are you no, obeying no. the law of chastity you're like uh yeah and in your head you're thinking about your shower head and you're like your shower head like, anyway I, you wouldn't fucking show up to the interview like you know the questions like if you're showing up to that interview regardless of whatever you were doing last night like you're ready to be like yes i sustain yep. the prophet yep for like, the most yes part. i sustain the book of mormon yep like so, i haven't read it in a year so in but, that nature yeah. i tried to get in and just get it online usually you only have to pay a few bucks right not in my case I had to go through all sorts of fucking hoops and it ended up being that I had to pay almost $3,000 for them to release my transcripts because they were under the impression that when Isaac and I were witch witch hunted out of BYU, Idaho, which is also a fun story, um, and we left, um, that meant that we basically like dropped out without any notice, which isn't true, but they were under the impression that we attended an entire semester there without actually signing up for any classes, buying any textbooks, or actually being there. Well, They were like, but ma'am, you, you attended that semester. I'm like, no, I didn't. I can prove to you that I was here. I will send you like addresses. I will send you bank statements. Like I, I can prove to you that I was not there, that I dropped out at this time. And she's like, there's nothing else we can do until you pay for this semester on top of the medical insurance for that semester, they're like, That's until fucking... you pay that, you can't get your transcripts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? 
what the fuck? And this was when I was, this is during lockdown and I was at home. So where was (laughs) I going to earn (laughs) $3,000? To like send a transcript. Yeah. I don't remember um... how I, how I ended up being able to afford it. I feel like I pulled some strings with like massages or whatever. And it literally was, I was so mad and I was definitely being a Karen at that point on the phone. Like there was no being nice to these motherfuckers. Why can't you just give me my transcripts? Can we make a deal? Can we make an offer? Can we, 300. What about 300? (laughs) It was a no-go. They didn't want it. That's because the Mormon church likes their, I was, I was like, you don't understand. And of course, as with any school, there is also an application deadline. Yeah. I've so been fucked over by the like, financial department I at BYU-Idaho as well. never go back. I will finish this program. I will be a successful, badass midwife. And I will never have to share with another institution ever again the miserable choice I made to be a student at BYU-Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a similar experience where to be, like, certified to teach in Wisconsin, I had to, like, bring in my transcripts and, like, a lot of recommendation. And when I brought in my, like, printed out transcripts, I, like, highlighted and made the font bigger of all the classes that they were looking for, which was, like, all the education ones and, like, the English ones. And I made all the, like, the font smaller and did not highlight, like, all of, like, the religious classes because I was, like, just just skim until you find what you're looking for. Please don't look at, like, how I took fucking, like, introduction to Mormonism and, like, Christ and the everlasting gospel. Like, that's not what we're here for. It doesn't matter. That totally reminds me is when it came time to deciding if I wanted to see if any of my credits would transfer. Like, my English class probably would have. um, Like, there, there were a couple of things that maybe would have transferred. But here's how much I didn't trust my education. I re I said absolutely not. I will start everything over, and I'm so glad I did because I got a shitty education, and I don't think that's anything on my teachers. I feel like for the most part, I had really good teachers in like my English and my math and my history and so forth. It's just that the school required so much of the religion to be pulled into the lecture, and. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for them, but my observation, my perception is that a lot of my teachers felt like the pressure to do that. They felt the pressure of having these young, susceptible students in their class, you know, at a time where a ton the of The same young way that like leaving. a mission president feels exactly. like they are responsible for like the spiritual well-being of the people. Exactly. Yeah. And if you've never, if you're unfamiliar with BYU-Idaho... You call your teacher's brother and sister, so-and-so. Yes, so it's not Mr., Miss, or even just like a first name, which is how it's been. That was how it was for me in massage school and now in midwifery school is I just call my teachers by their first name. And um, I did have one teacher who like she had finished her like um, PhD and she'd like gotten her doctorate and something and she was like, you may call me sister this or you may call me doctor this. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> You earn that, <laughs> but for the I most part, I would demand. I'd be like, "It is doctor, <laughs> it's to you. doctor, doctor, sister." If you feel like you really have to put this, if you in really, there, but... yeah, if you really have to, but doctor always comes first. So you call your teacher's brother and sister. You start and typically end every single class 
with a prayer. With a prayer. Which means if you have four classes in a day, you're praying 20 times. Yep. Uh, you know, and, wait, and is that that's, how math works? 16 times? 12? Eight times? I mean, assuming you're also <laughs> oh my God, I'm like editing in out the morning oh over God. your food. Yeah, you're praying mm-hmm. multiple times a day. And then you, uh, when you have your like com- – not your companion, your like roommate prayer. In my last couple apartments, we had, everybody set an alarm for like 1030. And if you were awake at 1030, you like came into the living room. We like set a prayer together, which is kind of nice. But sometimes we would do like a ward prayer and mm-hmm. everybody would get together. Yep. Yeah. So you're praying in your classes. You're calling your teacher's brother and sister. Uh, you are often attending classes with people who are like in your ward. Um, so you might see them in your like math class. And then on Sunday, you might have to be like, hey, can I get an appointment with the bishop? Because like that might be their calling. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a weird intersection of your religion and your education and there is like it is required for there to be like you said this tie-in of the faith into like every class and so like for example if you're studying uh math uh you might get to a unit that's about like finances and they might be like and while we're on the topic of finance like let's talk about self-reliance and tithing and you know budgeting for yourself and like doing it prayerfully and like planning for marriage planning for children like all those Shout things come to into Brother play Llewellyn, who taught me math that first semester he honestly was by far one of the best professors at BYU Idaho and even though he was required to do these spiritual things. He was funny. He was badass. And he did bring in spiritual things that were applicable to real life. And even though you could not pay me to go back and face anybody at BYU-Idaho, shout out to Brother Llewellyn. Sorry, continue. I feel like he deserves it. One time I was going uh, to a party to drink. Uh, so Isaac and I took a Lyft or an Uber and uh, the guy mentioned something and we realized we all of us were at BYU-Idaho at the same time. And he's like, yeah, I had this really cool math teacher. He had this really weird last name. What was it? And I was like, was it Brother Llewellyn? And he was like, oh my God, yes. And then the entire like 15 minute car ride, he was like, wasn't he so cool? I was like, yes, I learned math because of that guy. Boom. Wow. Way to give credit where credit is due. He credit, it, yes. I also had a fantastic psychology teacher who often would say, like, this is a very godless field. Like, he he really tried very hard. And actually, he reached out to me, like, in the beginning of my faith crisis because we were friends on Facebook. And he very uh, kindly was like, how can I help you? What questions do you have? Like, I want to help you work this out. and um. Honestly, I think I unfriended him because I was just embarrassed. But he was also fantastic. So sorry to interrupt you, but I just had to give credit where it is due because I do think for the most part, I, I think the faculty really is just trying to to do their job well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's so many teachers that have like had faith crises or in one or have even left and have just had to shove it mm-hmm. all down, put on a face in order to keep yeah. their job and in order to teach students something good. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've definitely had really, really fantastic teachers there. Um, I've also had teachers 
So I was in the education program and I was taking a class that like, I think every education major has to take this class. Like it's one of the one that's one of the ones that's like, you take it when you're getting closer to like student teaching and graduating, but like everybody has to take it. And the guy that taught it taught like, you know, he taught like four sessions of it, like every semester. And so like, most of the people I knew that had taken this class had taken it with this guy and, like, had this experience. And one, this is unrelated to, like, anything spiritual, but we showed up for class one day and he was like, we're running the mile. And we literally ran a mile. Nope. I mean, I, myself and, like, four other people were just like, we're going to walk and we'll, like, meet you back at the Hinkley, like, whenever you guys are done. But plenty of people were just like okay and then just like fuck i'd ran a mile I'd at like, like 8 30 a.m in like january <laughs> <laughs> call me when you're done um so that was a learning experience i suppose and then also but it gives you a good idea like insight into like what this guy was like he also was just like harp and harp and harp and harp on how as teachers in like secular environment that we were like absolutely not allowed to like teach spiritual religious whatever he's like but like he was always like however like you can teach the principles of like teamwork and you can teach the principles of you know patience and whatever sure and he was like and in doing that like you are planting seeds in these children so that like one day like they will meet a mormon family they will meet missionaries and they will like have those principles built up in them and they'll be like ready and prepared to receive the gospel because they had you as a teacher and one that's a lot of fucking pressure yes like the day-to-day life that a is teacher. a lot especially with how many students they come in contact with and two like if you are teaching your students principles of patient teamwork hard work whatever like though that's great but if you are doing that because you have this like ulterior motive of like i'm teaching them these things and i'm not teaching them religion but i'm teaching them with the hopes that they will one day accept my religion because of these things that i have taught them like that is essentially the same thing as just being like today we're going to read from the book of mormon because your intention is to get people manipulate these children active in the church Mm -hmm. yeah into recognizing what they liked in you as a teacher when they meet members or when they meet missionaries or like whatever it may be and I just remember being so annoyed at that because this was the same class where you learn like literally what you should do with your social media when you're a teacher like how you should be running like managing your classroom as a teacher like behaviors and how you should be interacting with parents and with administrators like so in this class where you're learning like the the basics the bones of like being a teacher he's like and you should also be kind of secretly like trying to teach gospel principles <laughs> like not the super gospely ones but like the other ones and it was like okay but like two minutes ago you were telling me i shouldn't like give my phone number to parents and now you're telling me i should be like kind of teaching people the gospel like it was just so strange but i think he it's felt just too much but i think he probably felt like he had to yeah grasping I think he felt at straws like, like, what is the spiritual purpose of this class? Oh, okay, it's it's this thing and, like, shove it in there. And it's like, I would rather run a mile every time I come to class than, like, have you teach me, like, seedy sort of manipulative tactics totally. for, like, when I enter the teaching field. Like, that's not what I'm here for. Like, I'm here for an education on how to be a teacher and not on how to be a missionary because, one, I already fucking did that and it was awful. And, two, like, that's not my role Absolutely. in a public 
classroom. Yep. That's not your job as a teacher. And it no. doesn't matter where you're teaching or who you're teaching. That is not your job. In terms of the church, like, that's the parent's job. Uh-huh. That's not the teacher's job. No. And if it was, if you're a Mormon and you're sending your kids to school and they're coming home and are they're implying to any extent that their teacher is pushing some other religion on them, like, you would be upset. Mm-hmm. And so it's, but then they can't see because there's this, like, holier than thou this like god complex of like we have the truth like it doesn't matter even like it almost you know sort of sometimes explicitly they're like it doesn't matter but most of the time they're sort of subtly like it doesn't matter if this like technically isn't how you should do it because we have the truth like we're responsible to like push it on people and share it with people you know almost no matter what yep and that that was like sort of the undertone of this whole course and I was like but should we should we though I get why this education like the elementary education was discredited because if this is what we're teaching future teachers like yeah annoying oh BYU Idaho I do not miss it I don't miss it at all so sorry for any of you who may have to be in Rexburg may have to be if you're still there we send our sympathies Get Connected. Did you have any experiences with Get Connected? Other uh, than attending? I honestly don't know if I actually attended. Is that when you, like, come, like, your first semester or whatever, and they do, like, they, like, hook you up with, like, your little mentor, and they, like, take you on a tour or whatever? Yeah, so it's more than that. It's, like, the first, like, two to three days before the semester starts – there's like lots of get connected like okay, activities. So, so like, one of them is like didn't do that. <laughs> My anxiety was like no. Instead, you actually took me. I so Isaac took me on the first tour because mm-hmm. fun fact, Isaac and his sister, who is now my sister-in-law slash one of my old high school friends, uh, drove up to Idaho. The three of us went together to take me to school, drop off all of my stuff, and while we were there. Isaac took me to like go get my ID, go grab my books. He like walked me around. And then when you came, uh, you like came that night. And I think the next morning you just gave me like another tour. So I totally. Oh, I think we walked to like where your classes were. I skipped the embarrassment of get connected. And I think I literally told myself I was too old for that. And I'm feeling like maybe I should be grateful that I did that. (laughs) So technically everyone is supposed to attend, but so like, you get connected there's like two halves to it so you have the half which is the new students who come and they do like tours there's activities for like parents you meet you know you have like a devotional with the university president you like play games and then they have i night which is actually legit fun they have like you know bouncy houses and like they set up like the whole campus is just like a big party and there's like a of it for like the new incoming the new students and the incoming like transfer students and then the other half of it is that Get Connected is run by volunteer students, which I think is probably similar to a lot of universities, right? So they're like, you know, come be a mentor, you know, come of be. Of course. Uh, what's the other one called? If you're not a member, a mentor, you're just like kind of like crew and you kind of do other things. But so they're like, come and sign up. And you, the perks of it are you get free meals for like these three days before the semester starts and you get to move into your apartment early, which is. If, so, if that's something you need or want, like, that's a major perk because there's literally no other way to move into your apartment before 
like the technical first day that like apartments open without paying for it. So like I always like the times that I signed up, I was like, I'm going to be like coming from this thing and I'm going to be flying out there and then like getting a ride from like my companion or like whatever. And I'm going to like show up and it's like two days before the semester starts. I'm, like, who am I going to stay with? Or I sign up to work, get connected and I get to move into my apartment for free. So like that was the, my main motivation, at least the first time. So um, when you're working, get connected, I will give you the tea because I did it. <laughs> and it's not horrible like it's what you would expect you get assigned to like a group you get like a little class with people who have done it before and they sort of like teach you you know what you're gonna do um like what your job's gonna be who your group is gonna be um they just like when I the first time I did it was one of the first semesters where they had a speaker who talked about like title nine and how the title nine office is different than the honor code office and like what they're for so you kind of get these like little instructional things about like the university and then new students come and you like register them and if you're a mentor you do things like take them on a tour and like um there's all kinds of different stuff so there's that part of it in addition to like working get connected one of the days before new students start to show up, you do an activity and I can't remember what it's called and it's going to piss me off. So I'm going to text some of my Get Connected friends after and be like, what was this called? But basically, they take you, you meet with your group and they're like, guys, this is a really spiritual experience. So you need to like turn your phones off. Um, and then also you're going to be blindfolded and you're going to walk with like the your hands on the person in front of you like with your group you're going to be led and there's other shut no 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 up. it's run like by the, the university like it's like, like sorority an event thing? so <laughs> if it's your first time working get connected you are blindfolded and you do this experiment experience which i will tell you about if it's your second or you've already done this then you like work this event and part of your job is to like make sure the blindfolded people don't like walk into a street and like like roll their ankle and like then there's a part of it where you get assigned to be like an angel or a an evil spirit which i'll get into so they blindfold us and they have us put our hands on like the people in front of us and we're in our group And we're all wearing, like, our neon orange and neon blue shirts with our khakis. And we're like, BYU Idaho, so fun. And then we come in and they're like, turn your phones off and we're going to blindfold you. And you're like, (laughs) okay. Didn't know we were into this, but all right. So, of course, I'm in a group with, like, people I've been hanging out with for three days. So we're, like, giggling and we're like, what the hell is happening? And, like, you know, we're having a good time. And they're like, guys, you like, this is, you guys really need to be taking this seriously. And we're like, okay, we'll do our best. But then also, we're just like walking blindfolded. They lead us out of the building um, and up around camp. I don't know the route we took because I was blindfolded. Up and around campus to like the soccer fields that are up at the top of the hill. You know what I'm talking about? And then when you get there, they like, pull you off of your group and they leave you like alone Mm -hmm. in the field blindfolded and you're not allowed to take your blindfold off i mean you could if it was like oh no i was like i could easily fake a panic attack or give myself a real panic attack and like get out of this but i was like whatever i'm in it for the experience i'm in it to move into my apartment early so in it to win it so 
you're there in this field, and which at that point baby. it's like you feel the grass. So you're like, okay, I'm in a field. You know you're outside. You know you're in grass. And you can sort of hear people around you, but so you, you know are you're separated outside. from your, like, group. Like, that's just how they get you there is, like, they walk you <laughs> your arms on people. And then you start to, like, hear noises and sort of piece together what is happening. And I would consider myself to be, like, not a super intelligent person, but certainly, like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I'm in it to win it. Like, I'm – there's a purpose to this. I'm going to figure it out. So after I'm, like, sitting on the ground for, like – maybe a minute I'm like I gotta get the fuck up and figure this out so I like stand up and I start like walking like wandering aimlessly and I'm still blindfolded and I hear these speakers that are blasting and one of them is blasting like conference talks like President Nelson speaking on one side of the field and on the other side of the field there is speakers blasting like news stories like it's like 17 people were murdered and blah 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 today I'm like, oh, I got to hear about that. I love a true crime. So <laughs> that Me would be like, you. You'd be like, wait, I haven't heard this one before. <laughs> so i trying to decipher where the prophet's voice is coming from because I'm like, I know. I've watched, like, I've been in two escape rooms. Like, I know. Yeah. So I'm like, so I'm sort of figuring out. And then there are people who are. You know what they're trying. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about before. Oh, no, no, wait. No, no, no. I'm going on order. You are in this field and at some point you have to figure out that you have to like walk around and like get out of the field. So there's people who are like assigned to be angels and they will like sort of, if you're going the wrong way, they'll like be like, hey, you're going the wrong way, turn around. And if you're going the right way, they'll be like, keep going, you can do it, we believe in you. And then there's like people who are assigned to be like evil spirits who are like, you should just give up. They're like, no, don't move, stay where you are. Like, and it's pretty convincing. Like the first person that was like, no, stay where you are. I was like, wait. But are you, what do you mean? And there is a safe word because there's also people who they'll tell you this safe word and then they'll be like, you're going out of the field. So then you're like, oh, that's not like an evil spirit trying to trick me. That's like genuinely someone that's like job it is to like keep me in the field. Making sure you're not like walking into the road. Trying to get ran over by a car. So at some point you follow the good and you decipher the bad and you get to a rope and they attach you onto the end of the rope and you follow it and if you let go to the rod, the if you let rod. go of the thing and like step away like there's like how do you fucking find it again because you're blindfolded so you're like following this thing and there's people all the way along that are like making sure that you know you're not like tripping and like falling and whatever and it was like a beautiful day so you follow this rod and it's fucking long man like I remember I'm gonna say I spent Five minutes walking to the field, five minutes in the field, and then, like, 10 to 15 on this rod, like, on this rope, like, following it. And because it takes you to the other fields that are up there, and at some point you get to the end and they take your blindfold off and it's like you're, you've made it to the end and it's like people they give you hugs and they're like we're so glad you made it we're so proud of you we knew you could do it we were rooting for you and it is supposed to be indicative of are you catching the metaphor here right i seriously know how i would react to this and i would have the same look on my face so i are these people 12 in the field what 
Well, no, before I even got to the field, when they're like, turn off your phone, this is spiritual, put a blindfold on. I'm like, I don't know that anything can be spiritual for me while I'm blindfolded because I just am like confused and concerned. And like, also, I just kind of want to giggle. Like, I can't take it seriously. Absolutely. So I get to heaven. I get to the end of the rod and they take my blindfold off and they're like, welcome. We're so proud of you. And they hug you. And I'm the first one from like my group there, which I mean, bragging rights that I was like the first one to figure out God's plan. Like, and then more people come and then at some point someone was like, let's sing hymns. So then we're like singing hymns in this field and like people come and then you like break up in groups and you like talk about like what that experience meant to you and how it felt and blah, blah, blah. And at the time, I was like, yeah, that was a pretty dope, like, a very immersive lesson. Uh, My attention was fully engaged the entire time, I can tell you that. Like, but then at the same time, it's like, if, if you didn't know you're in a cult before someone blindfolds you and leaves you in a field, and you're sort of questioning whether you're in a cult, I was like, I think I might be in a cult. Like, (laughs) there's something about being blindfolded and being left in a field that really makes you start to question the things that you're believing. (laughs) And that is my story of Get Connected. Just know if you're a new BYU-Idaho student that, like, the day before you got there and you're just getting a tour and eating some pizza, that that person was blindfolded and left in a field. And know if you're thinking about signing up for Get Connected that you will one day be blindfolded and left in a field. And uh, if you are still listening, uh, know that if you join the Mormon church, it will feel like you are blindfolded mm-hmm. and left in a field until you take the blindfold off and realize. <laughs> you're in a cult and you're you're just in a soccer field. Like you're, they're like, welcome to heaven. You made it. And I'm like, I just want to go home and take a nap. Like I... Could have used this time to, like, pick up my textbooks, but here I am in a field. Thank you. Uh, yeah, in a straw so... hat, blindfolded, <laughs> neon shirt and khakis, standing in a soccer field. That is a cult. That is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it is like. Oh, my God. We got to make that TikTok. We got to get on that. Oh, my this God. This has been a ride. Well, folks, this has been a ride. Uh we will have to do a BYU Idaho part two because there is so much. Yeah, and you got to tell your experience being... with Isaac and how you guys were basically forced out of school. And I, yes, I don't think I've ever talked on the podcast about the date that I went on with a man that played the accordion. Have I? No. We'll save it for another time. We need to do a part two. Okay, so we're going to save it for another time. Uh, Like, subscribe, follow us on YouTube. Make sure you are following and rating if you're listening on audio-only platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. Make sure you go on to www.queermeals.org. Make your donation, any dollar amount, take a screenshot of your receipt, send it to our Instagram direct messages, and you will be entered to win a sticker pack. Bless your freaking hearts if you are in Rexburg or are a forced student of BYU-Idaho. If you enrolled as a believing Mormon (laughs) and then you're still stuck there. 
because it's not worth yes, it to transfer. You, yes. We've yes, been there. It's just not worth it. We see you. We feel you. We feel you. We see you. You're, You're in that field and all you got to do is take your blindfold off and just like take go get Chick-fil-A. Off. Like you don't need to be there. Like take the blindfold No one can force off. you to stay in the field. <laughs> no. No. You just go get yourself a mm-hmm. snack. Doesn't matter if it is the Sabbath. And then you show up later and just, just be like, yeah, that was off. a really beautiful experience for me. Like the part with the field and the yep. rod. Wow. And they'll be like, yeah, she totally did it. Wow. Like. They're not going to know any better. They're going to know that you were there, just like they know the truth is true. Exactly. And with that, we will see you next time. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the More Than Mormon podcast. If you made it this far, then you're definitely worthy to enter the Telesh Dope Award. I mean, is that the good one?